Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. I look at the way the mainstream media is covering this primary season with absolute disgust. This isn't anything approaching journalism. This is so far from anything I recognize as actual journalism that it, it leaves me wanting to just do anything else but call myself a member of this. You know, everything is negative. Now it's not just negative about Trump anymore. Now it's all negative about Joe Biden and you know, they'll dig up the most bizarre. I mean, these are really kind of bizarre headlines that I looked at this morning. I had to finally just close the lid of my laptop because I thought, you know, this is poisoning my brain. You know, what you're counting on for your information is garbage. Former Obama aides sound alarm over frail and mumbly Biden, warning that his age is a very real issue. First and foremost, that's a setup. There's no former Obama aide, whether it's Favreau or whoever else they're trotting out this week. There's none of them that actually believe that there's an opportunity now to change horses in midstream. They're not. So to hear them pick up on, you know, a comment that one former aide, okay, we're not we're talking about somebody who worked not in the last administration, not in this administration, not in the last administration, but in the administration before that. Okay, now we're going to him for the news? Because he once worked directly with then-Vice President Joe Biden. Really. And he's saying things that I've been saying for the last three years. And everybody told me to shut up, including, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and everybody else. Oh, no, what are you talking about? Joe Biden is sharp. He's on top of his game. He's as good as he's ever been. That's what they're saying. And then this guy, they float him out to go like, oh, man, he's swallowing his words. It's a bad, very real issue. We're all alarmed in the background. And then, of course, on the other side of the aisle, it's even worse. I mean, they hate him so much that if they can, he forgot his wife's name, you know. And we all know that that, that's not what happened, you know. It's just not. But it doesn't matter. Because they declare the narrative, and they all agree on it somehow. 
And then they write a headline like this. Let me tell you what the headline was in, I think it was Drudge today. Slow Joe savages dementing Don. Now, is that, does that contribute to the information base of America's voters? Like, that sounds like something that some high school students would be saying in the cafeteria. Ooh, slow Joe and after demented Don. Really? That's a that's news. Nikki Haley goes scorched earth, suicide for our country. James Carville, fraud, lies, stealing, Obama aides, frail. Trump dominance of Republican Party is illusion. It's an illusion. Did he? Did I miss something or did he not win every primary and caucus that has taken place so far? So his dominance is an illusion? No, no, it's real. But if the media can convince you that it's an illusion, I guess somehow they think they can prop up Nikki Haley a little while longer. And what is their motive to do that? just to destroy Trump and now to destroy Joe Biden? I don't know why anybody would want to be in that position, that these two elder statesmen, senior members of their party, that they would be treated this way, tells you everything you need to know about the American political scene right now. It's It's a shame. It really is. And, and it's not just here. You know, yesterday it was all, oh, Bibi Netanyahu, he's emotionally shattered by the war. Those were the words that were repeated. I love the way they pick up one outlet, says something, and then every other outlet picks up that same refrain. And so now you're hearing it everywhere. So he must, I mean, absolutely must be emotionally shattered because I saw it on AP, I saw it on Reuters, I saw it on the Drudge Report, I saw it on whatever, you name the uh, MSNBC, I saw it on Fox, it was everywhere yesterday that Netanyahu is emotionally shattered by war. What leader wouldn't be emotionally shattered by war? And is that the real way, is that help any of us to understand what's going on any better? Egypt warns of catastrophic repercussions if Rafa is attacked. Wow. You know, I, I can only say that the world is on fire and the media is pouring gasoline on the fire. They don't know how to cover it. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, they have very little to say about Oh, for instance, the fact that they had to call hazmat teams out, not once, but multiple times, to Don Jr.'s house because he keeps receiving white powder. You know, um, the, the, the New York prosecutor, Letitia James, who is seeking gag and jury protections ahead of the trial, not, doesn't have a clue what's really gonna happen because the media is sort of steering it in one direction. So knowing that she herself is steering it in that one direction, she's looking for sympathy now? I mean, it's mind boggling to me.
Trump's $540 million court fine tests his king of debt title. No other country, no free country would tolerate this from the fourth estate, which is no longer the fourth estate. It's garbage. And if I were you, and, and I have to take my own advice. You see, this is the problem with me, is I still check out all these sites and I check out all these media uh, outfits, outlets, these delivery systems. And even though I don't believe them, it just makes me really uncomfortable and sad that this is what people are being fed by the very folks who are supposed to inform us so we can make informed decisions about who's going to lead this country. This country is not in good shape, just in case you might not have noticed. I don't care how many times they tell you, well, inflation is, you know, finally uh, stabilized and the economy is doing well and all this other stuff. I don't know people who are experiencing it that way. I really don't. I know people who are really disturbed by the fact that, that home prices haven't dropped at all. That, that the dollar is still at the top of the food chain when it comes to currency, and yet their dollars are not buying as much at the grocery store. It's not buying as much at the gas station. It doesn't even matter if gas prices come down if you are not able to see it when you fill up your tank. This is a, 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 a really sad state of affairs, and the worst part of it all is that we have nowhere to turn to get some information. So we can't even make intelligent decisions. Not that I'm convinced we have that much of an intelligence in the average American anymore. We dumbed them down so much. The schools weren't teaching. They don't know anything about civics. So you can basically sell them any piece of garbage news that you want to. And that's exactly what you see. Emotionally shattered. A slow Joe. Demented Don. What kind of news is that? I mean, I remember when there were newspapers that you would see at the checkout counter at the supermarket, right? The, the National Enquirer, the Star, all of these newspapers. And they would have headlines like, Slow Joe, Savages Dementing Don. And you came to expect that. And if you were looking for just like a cheap thrill, you might pick up one of those papers or thumb through it while you're waiting to check out of the grocery store. But now that's the legitimate media that's saying those things which leaves you wondering if there's any information that you can believe and hold on to and maybe use to make a, a somewhat educated choice about who should lead, lead this country. There's a photograph out there on the internet. I think it was on Drudge Report. I don't remember. I should probably look before I say it, but it was one of the aggregate websites. It was probably Drudge because I don't think they would stoop this low. Well, they might on AP or MSNBC or, or Fox or anywhere else. But it was literally a picture that looked like, a, a, what is that, a World Federation fighting, you know, the UFC. It had like a, a picture of Joe Biden holding Donald Trump in a headlock. You know, these two old men in a headlock. 
And I, I looked at that and I said, oh my God, you know, Xi Jinping must blow that sucker up and put it on his, uh, that must be his new screensaver. You know, anybody who looks at this would think America was the lowest form of third world banana republic ever. And they'd probably be close to right. You know, maybe the headline that you would have wanted to lead, and it did appear somewhere like down the page on some of these websites over the weekend, maybe you'd want to say, well, we're going to find out a lot in the Michigan primary. There's where we'll be able to see really for the first time who's in trouble with which uh, demographic, right? Is there a problem with Arab American voters for the Democrats? You know, Michigan will be a good testing ground for that. Is there a problem with, um, let's say, working class females for the Republican Party? The Michigan primary would be a good place to sort of begin to gauge these things. But if first you have to wade through stories about the illusions and the fraud and the, uh, the, the, the Obama AIDS sounding things and Joe holding the former president, the current president holding the former president in a headlock and the two of them looking really old and pathetic. Really. Terrible. Terrible. No wonder, you know, the, the, the news outlets are turning to AI. Maybe Gemini will do a better job at writing news than the people we have doing it right now. I don't know. Senate fears Speaker Johnson headed towards shutdown wreck. Shut it down. Shut the whole mess down. It couldn't be any worse than it is right now. Anyway, don't forget to download the 850 WFTL app. You know, it's good to have. You can participate in our contests, all that good stuff. And that's important. You know, you want to have access even to crazy headlines. The app's a good way to get them. Or visit our website, 850WFTL.com. Let me take a quick break. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Just bear with us. We're doing some technological stuff behind the scenes and trying to get everything um, working again. Uh, and I apologize. I know it's difficult on the listener. It's not your problem, but um, we're doing the best that we can. Anyway, I was talking about all this AI stuff that is literally now becoming um, who knows what to believe or what not to believe. You have the Gemini, which is the Google chat bot, writing fake reviews for books. And the only reason that we even knew this was because the author noticed that there was a review that, critis that says, the book has been criticized for lacking concrete evidence. And the author said, well, wait a minute. Where'd they get that from? I would remember if somebody had criticized my book for lacking concrete evidence. That never happened. So then 
he pulled up more reviews and he found four negative reviews ostensibly from the New York Times, the New York Times Book Review, Wired, and the Washington Free Beacon, all of them quoting like each other. You know, quoting the book review by Matthew Continenti or Continetti that was in the Washington Free Beacon, so they said, and then the book review by Emily Bazelon in the New York Times book review quoted that poor AI-generated review, and then it went a step further, and Ben Smith in the New York Times also discussed what he said was the book's lack of rigorous research and its reliance on, quote, unsubstantiated claims. But here's the catch. None of those reviews were real, not one of them. And none of the quotes were real. So there, there were reviews of the book, but they were actually exactly the opposite. The Free Beacon did publish a review but it was overwhelmingly positive, describing the book, which is called The Manipulators, as an excellent and thoroughly researched book that should leave any sensible reader, conservative or otherwise, outraged. Not to mention that the Free Beacon Review, which was invented by Gemini, was attributed to Matthew Continetti, even though the original review wasn't written by him. It was written by some Charles Lehman, wrote the real review. So, of course, the author said, I asked Gemini, give me links to the reviews that you're talking about, because I knew they didn't exist. At which point, the chatbot clammed up. I don't have enough information about that person to help you with your request. I am a large language model, and I am able to communicate and generate human-like text in response to a wide range of prompts and questions, but my knowledge about this person is limited. Is there anything else I can do to help you with this request? So let me, let me get this, let me explain this to myself as well as to you. Google created a chatbot which is completely and totally biased so that the chatbot actually creates content which leans left. Now, how insane do any of us have to be to believe a single thing we're reading? You know, at this point, as I said earlier, when I started this this program today, I look at these headlines and I know they're, they're garbage, that they don't give me any information that I can use. And then the stories that really uh, matter, the stories that Americans want to read about and perhaps make some decisions based on are all at the bottom of pages or non-existent. You know, all of a sudden, Gallup is saying that immigration is at the top of the most important problems facing America today. If, if we had lists, immigration has now uh, become the single most important problem, which it has not been since 2019, okay? More Americans are naming immigration as their biggest concern the biggest concern facing this country. It's now passed the government as the most often 
reported problem, right? They at least used to tie for the top position. The government ranked first every month from like January of 2023 all the way through November of 2023, and then they started tying immigration and government as the biggest issues, the biggest problems confronting. Now immigration is way ahead. Double what the uh, economy numbers, double uh, inflation, almost triple inflation numbers, poverty, hungry, hunger, homelessness, bringing the country together, race relations, federal budget deficit, all of these pale in comparison to immigration. And these are the latest results, and they're based on a Gallup survey that just took place uh, in this month, February, 1st through the 20th of February. So why do you think that is? Well, because there's been a surge of border crossings, right? Immigration in 2018 and in 2014 were big issue, was the big issue. That's why Donald Trump became president. In case everybody forgot, when Donald Trump came down that escalator and took all the brutal commentary about how he was portraying illegal immigrants as rapists and criminals, that resonated with people, and there was far less proof that that was true at the time. You could almost say that he exaggerated the amount of people who believe that. Or in his mind, he thought more people believe that than we had actual any polling data showing us that. But now we got polling data that's showing us that in fact, people are very concerned about immigration right now. They think it is the most important issue to consider while we are uh, evaluating candidates for the presidency. And I'm just gonna tell you this, no wonder they have headlines like I quoted to you earlier, Demented Don and Slow Joe, because if they actually talk about the things that Americans are talking about, their narrative gets shot to heck because that's Donald Trump's strong issue and Joe Biden's weakest issue right now. Not that I think Joe Biden has any strong issues right now, but certainly his inaction and one like me would actually say his contribution to the problems at our southern border are at a time when the American people are very concerned about this subject. They have a bipartisan group of congressional senators who came together, right? Uh, you know, Lankford was the one up front, and they were, they came up with a, an immigration proposal, a reform proposal, and it failed. It, it failed to pass a Senate vote. Not that it would have stood a, a prayer in the House, in the Republican-led House, because it wouldn't have, even if it had passed in the Senate. The House had passed a much tougher immigration bill in last year, in 2023, but it never got taken up in the Senate. And of course, the president, you know, telegraphed that he was going to veto it. So there was no point in moving forward with it. So they had this bipartisan negotiation and they had to do something because they had a record number of border crossings at the southern border. It peaked at over 300,000 in December. 300,000 human beings that we know of came across the border illegally 
And that doesn't include the gotaways. And that doesn't include the people that we just don't know that are flying into airports and that are at seaports or crossing the northern border for that matter. So it doesn't matter anymore whether it's the biggest issue for Republicans. It is now the biggest issue, period. Immigration is the top problem. Independence took it from 16% were concerned about it in January. Now 22% are concerned about it. No real change among Democrats. We knew that. I think it was 9% in January. It's 10% now. But it doesn't matter if you live in the east, on the east coast. It doesn't matter if you live in the southeast or the southwest. It doesn't matter anymore if you live in the Midwest or even in the west. Immigration is the top issue. It's a critical threat and everybody knows it. So they're not reporting it. No. No, instead, it's slow Joe with a, a, you know, a headlock on demented Don. Who told these people that they could still be considered journalists if this is what they were going to do, if this is how they were going to treat the American voters? We just found 70 migrants living in a basement in New York City. Now, why do I say that that's a story? Because there's so little room in this particular basement that they have to sleep in shifts. This is America. So if you tell me that the situation for housing in the most, probably I would say, most important city in America. It's our financial capital. It's uh, really the most well-known. If you ask people, you know, what city, if you ask a, a, a European or a South American or an Asian, what city would you most identify with the United States of America? I predict that, you know, 90% of them are going to say New York City. That's all. Maybe the Asian population might say San Francisco because it's West Coast. I don't know. But it's certainly a city where we've always held it up and said, look at this incredible city. After 9-11, it came back. 40 migrants sleeping in the basement. And they're actually, when they found them, they actually discovered that it was actually twice that many that lived there, but they were sleeping in shifts because there was so little so little room okay and the fire officials had issued an order to vacate the building so that's why they were in there at all the owner of the building told the news uh, the news crew that came from WPIX that he was charging migrants $300 per month to live in this basement there you know it's a bunch of beds separated by narrow lanes that run the length of this basement most of these migrants are from senegal the of uh, uh, the landlord said he was giving them breakfast lunch and dinner for three hundred dollars a piece for a month we're not talking about some obscure third world country. We're talking about New York City. This is in the basement of a furniture store on Liberty Avenue. Uh, in the middle of a bunch of e-bike batteries. That's what's in that basement. 
because the city is saying they have no place for these people. This is a shame. This is a shame before God that I'm talking about America, that we have people with no ventilation, no natural light, illegal plumbing, no exits, God forbid there was a fire, and people living in, sleeping in shifts. And if you look at the photographs, go to the New York Post, because they have the photographs in that paper, and look at the way these people are living, and ask yourself, is the headline, Slow Joe, holds demented Don in a headlock? Or is the headline, we're slipping into despicable territory now? These people are being forced to live. When I looked at this picture, the only thing I could think of was this is essentially, we now have people living in the same condition that we used to think was okay to keep indentured servants or slaves in. Only it's 2024. How do you rationalize New York City overcrowding and putting human beings in a fire trap and charging them? It's a shame. It really is, and and that's the big story. Not demented Don, not slow Joe. No, the the story is, we have lost any sem- semblance of righteousness and moral high ground. We don't have it, and yet, that you know, they they can't bring themselves to tell us the news. They got to make up stupid stories and expect us to take them seriously. Are you gonna decide who to vote for president based on a picture of two 80-year-old guys in a, you know, in a fights club scene? I know I'm not. Anyway, don't forget, coming up after me, Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Paggs, followed by Lars Larson, and then of course, the morning show will be back at 6 a.m. with Jen and Bill. At 9 o'clock, Brian Kilmeade, and then at noon, Dan Bongino. And then, of course, I come back at 3 tomorrow. But right now, I have one segment left. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. So those are the stories that Americans are really interested in, not Slow Joe and not Demented Don. Um, But they want to know why we have major U.S. cities that are experiencing basically slave labor and, and, and human trafficking. Uh, the Pittsburgh police won't even send police officers to certain emergency calls anymore. Instead, they get uh, you know sort of told, we can't respond right now. Uh, why don't you like fill out an email and send it to us? All systems are overburdened. Every major city in America right now is trying to figure out how to conduct normal business for its own citizens because they're overburdened with a population that really needs a lot of help. I don't, I don't know what the answer to any of this is, but I can tell you this. I guarantee that this upcoming election is going to be hard fought and no matter who wins, 50% of America is gonna be infuriated.
maybe more. And that the the powers that be in Washington and the powers that be reporting the news are going to be discredited once and for all forevermore. That's the bottom line. When talk radio because becomes one of the few information services that you can somewhat count on, because I wouldn't say we're in, uh, in great shape either, because most of us are so disturbed by all this that we do a lot of ranting and raving, which is not, nobody wants to listen to that 24-7. So the, the alternative is like, hey, we can talk about recipes, or we can share this, you know, this nonsensical storyline Oh, this one's so happy, $450 million. Oh, good, we hate Donald Trump. EU leaders who are saying, uh, we don't know what to say because now uh, Macron in France is saying that I may have to send troops into Ukraine. And the NATO chief says, well, wait a minute, whoa, you don't really want to put that out there right now because guess who's listening? Vladimir Putin. Right? And he's warning. You better not. This is a, a not a 3D chess game anymore. This is like a 20-dimensional chess game. And the problem is the people who are in charge of moving the pieces around on the board are idiots. Or I would have to believe they're idiots. Because they're not making good choices. The head of NATO said that we have no plans to send troops to Ukraine. The head of France says, wait a minute, I'm thinking about it. Germany and Poland said, no, we're not sending troops to Ukraine. And the Kremlin, meanwhile, says, you better not, because if there's a conflict between NATO and Russia, then, then, well, what? What? What, Vladimir? What, Dmitry Peskov, the uh, Kremlin spokesman? Nuclear war is on the table. This is a warning that Moscow is giving the French president, Macron, who said, I can't rule out sending troops in the future. After he had like some kind of conference with 20 different countries, German Chancellor Schultz, said, oh, no, no, uh, we're not doing that. We, we never agreed to anything like that. There'll be no ground troops, no soldiers on Ukrainian soil who are sent there by European states or by NATO. And there was no consensus that soldiers operating in our countries are not participating actively in the war themselves. So, I don't know, Emmanuel Macron looks pretty isolated right now. And the opposition politicians in France are furious and they're using his words against him. And here we are talking about Slow Joe and Demented Don. You, you, can't, you can't expect us to have any respect for any of these reporting services anymore. Like less than zero. Is that possible? Is there less than zero? Negative 10, negative 50. But that's where we're at. 
So you're going to keep listening to talk radio because here you may actually hear some information you can use in making good choices. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then as always, may God bless you and may God bless the United States of America. Hope to see you tomorrow at 3. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.